This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. This is News Talk 980 CKNW. Hello, and welcome to the program. I'm Sterling Fox. In just a few moments, John Carlson and David Mader will join us with a fresh Vancouver market real estate update and more on the 1% Realty story. But first, here are some of the top consumer stories we're following this week. Fiat Chrysler is recalling over 1.3 million vehicles worldwide over two separate problems. First, to fix malfunctioning alternators that can cause engines to stall, and second, a wiring problem that can make Make airbags deploy unexpectedly. Now, the wiring recall covers over 700,000 Dodge Journey and Fiat Fremont crossovers from 2011 through 15. The company says the wires can chafe against the steering wheel trim, causing electrical short circuits. That can set off the driver's front airbags, cause wipers to come on unexpectedly, cause switches to fail, or illuminate the airbag warning lights. Customers who see any of these issues should contact a dealer. The alternator recall affects over half a million examples of the Chrysler 300 plus the Dodge Challenger, Charger, and Durango from 2011 through 14, and also affected is the Jeep Grand Cherokee from 2012 through 14. In these vehicles, the alternators can wear prematurely. That could cause engine stalling and compromise the ABS and stability control systems. Basic braking isn't affected. The alternators can also overheat, increasing the risk of fire. Fiat Chrysler says it has a small number of reports of smoke and a burning smell. This just came down yesterday, so con- contact your dealer for more if you're experiencing any difficulties. Not sure whether you've heard this news or not, but a deal has been reached for the sale of Grouse Mountain. A potential buyer has reached an agreement with Grouse Mountain Resorts, and the transaction, valued at about $200 million, is expected to close over the next few days. According to information we received here at CKMW on the Simi Sarah Show, the buyer is said to be the China Mishang Investment Group based in Shanghai. Now, North Vancouver District Mayor Richard Walton is quite concerned about any development plans the new owners may have for Grouse, pointing out that it's an ecologically sensitive area protected by construction guidelines. UBC business professor Kevin Heath says it's interesting how many foreign companies are looking into buying BC mountain resorts. Quote, presumably they're getting really good offers. They're sort of getting offers they feel they can't refuse. So that would suggest the foreign investors are in some sense overpaying. Here's a story filed the other day that's only noteworthy because it's taken this long to be able to write something completely predictable. Pricey gene manufacturers are going bankrupt. Gosh, what a non-surprise. Brands like True Religion, Joe's Jeans, and Hudson's Jeans are examples of companies that were making serious coin just a few years ago that are now either in the tank or headed that way as consumers have abandoned the overpriced brands and are returning to more familiar names like Levi's and H&M. Instead, buyers are increasingly filling their closets with yoga pants and leggings, which they're wearing not just to the gym, but also to run errands and meet 
meet up with friends. So True Religion's $300 skinny jeans have been replaced by Lululemon's $98 yoga pants. Today, shoppers are more likely to favor low or moderately priced jeans without large logos and decals, according to Euromonitor. A move away from obvious logos also means it's becoming more difficult to distinguish between the high-end jeans and the inexpensive ones. The age when you're getting too old to go clubbing has been revealed in the UK. NME.com reported this week on a new study by Curry's PC World in which, check this out, 37 was the age where most people deemed it unacceptable to still go out to nightclubs, and 31 being the age where people begin to prefer staying in to going out. The research found that the biggest factors in people age 37 plus not wanting to go clubbing anymore were not being able to face the hangover, not wanting to get dressed up, having to arrange babysitters and book taxis. Management types at Curry's PC World said of the findings, the great indoor study recognizes the fact that there comes a time when we appreciate our home comforts more than a hectic social life, and it can often be a drag to play the social butterfly at parties and nights out. And they added this little challenge to the nightclub industry. Technology is a big lure of staying in, and our findings show it's transformed home habits with Brits, don't forget this is a UK study, proudly investing in their households more than ever before. It's now almost impossible to get bored at home. With endless box sets and the latest technology like 4K TV enhancing the in-house experience so much that it often surpasses its outdoor equivalent. That coupled with social media, online shopping, and gaming with pals often means more pleasure can be had on a night in than a night out. Now, those are just some of the stories we're following this week. We'll look at a few more later in the show, and we'll have a steel report, too. Up next, John Carlson and Dave Mater with a fresh look at Metro Vancouver real estate and more on the 1% Realty Story. Stay tuned. This is Vancouver Consumer on News Talk 980 CKNW. And welcome back to Vancouver Consumer on this beautiful Saturday afternoon. I'm Sterling Fox, joined in studio by John Carlson, Personal Real Estate Corporation, and David Mater, Personal Real Estate Corporation. The guys from 1% Realty back in studio. Good afternoon. Hi, Sterling. How are you doing? I'm well, thank you, David. John, what is with this Personal Real Estate Corporation? I do it every time, and I know there's a reason behind it. Well, Sterling, as uh, a lot of people know by now, uh, Dave and I are incorporated, and as per the rules of the Real Estate Council, we need to advertise ourselves as Personal Real Estate Corporation. Okay, so that part is done, and now let's get to the meat and potatoes of our chat here, as we like to do each and every time you show up. How's, uh, How's the market looking this week, fellas? Dave? Well, the market uh, is continuing to be pretty busy, um, in particular uh, with um, attached strata properties. Um, that's kind of been the story for 2017. That so has, far, yeah. So far, and that remains the story, and that is that uh, properties that are affordable, that tends to be condos and townhomes, those are the properties that are really attracting a lot of attention from buyers. So um, really, uh, you know, we're talking about a situation where Last month for June, we had uh, almost 93% of listed condos sell. 
which is, I think, historically high. That's an incredible number. It really. is. Yeah, yeah. And, and detached market, too, it's still technically a seller's market. It's just not as much as it was, it say, last s- year. It speaks to the demand in the Vancouver housing market, John. I mean, if you're selling 93% of everything that goes up for sale in a month, there's enormous demand here. There is a lot of demand. And again, as Dave said, uh, primarily in the more affordable segments, but all segments are hot. Uh, the detached segment uh, is also, you know, there's no problems there. Let me put it that way. Okay. But yeah, demand is strong and uh, good, good listings that are priced appropriately and marketed properly, they are moving. And how about uh, in terms of the Metro Vancouver, say from English Bay to uh, Chilliwack, and is there an area in our part of British Columbia, the, the, the city and the Fraser Valley, that's hotter than any other, or is it just kind of all on fire, Dave? Well, I think that uh, you know every area is going to be a little bit different. That said, I think it's all about affordability, regardless of where you are Good at point. this point, right? Yeah. So, you know, whether you're in the English Bay area or whether you're in Chilliwack area, um, I think people are just everybody needs a roof over their heads, and uh, what they're going for are properties that they can afford. So, everywhere is hot. It's just a matter of what segment we're talking about, right? And John, uh, Dave mentioned attached strata properties. So, we're talking either apartment-type condominiums, or townhomes. This, these are the high-demand real estate items in Vancouver today. Yeah, especially when you start getting out into areas in, the, say, the Tri-Cities, uh, Maple Ridge, uh, Pitt Meadows, uh, affordable townhomes. Right. You're looking at places sometimes in the four hundred and five hundred thousand dollars and $500,000 ranges. And yeah, those tend to get a lot of attention. And uh, a lot of times we're seeing multiple offers on properties like that. So again, you want to position it right and market it right. Uh, and again, uh, pick a good agent that you can trust and that does a good job, hopefully somebody experienced. But if you do all those things right and your home shows well, yeah, you're, you're pretty much guaranteed a good result. Right. Now, Dave, uh, picking up on John's point about picking a good agent, I happen mm-hmm. to be sitting across the desk from two of them right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, uh, let's, let's just put, put uh, me in the position of being a, a newcomer to the Vancouver area and a first-time home buyer. I want to know about where to go, what, what part of the lower mainland is affordable, where I might best find myself a good spot to set down roots and that sort of thing. But I don't know much about this part of the world. So a good agent is key to success in, uh, in, in my search for a home. I can look all I want on the Internet, but I'm going to finally need to talk to a human being, especially if I'm new to the area. Yeah, absolutely. And that's one of the values of having an agent who knows um, a lot about the region. Um, You know, certainly one of the limiting factors when you are uh, searching for a property is your budget, right? I think that's going to be a big thing. If your budget is X amount of dollars, maybe you can go a little bit further west. If it's a little bit less, then you might need to go a little bit further east, right? That all said, um, there's so many nice options, um, you know, and uh, still uh, there's options right from, say, Tri-Cities into the Maple Ridge Pit Meadows that are affordable for, I think, the large majority of people out there. Okay, Um, That's an area that John and I tend to work in quite a bit. Uh, and so we're quite familiar with that. That said, we do work in uh, areas, you know, even further than that into New West and Burnaby and, and so on. So really, there's a lot of options, but budget is a determining factor. And John, you, between the two of you, you've, you've sold over a thousand homes. So you're high volume guys who, with a lot of experience and uh, an intimate knowledge of real estate around Metro Vancouver. Ideal uh, choices for someone new to the marketplace who, who needs a guiding hand. Well, thanks for that, Sterling. And and yes, you're right. Dave and I do a fair amount of business, and we have done for years because we combine 
uh, I think, of course, at the 1% realty, when people are selling their home, we save them a lot of money and give them the full package, right. of course. But Dave and I are also very experienced. He hit it right on the head. I think that one of the biggest advantages that an agent can offer to either a buyer or a seller is a wealth of recent experience in the market. Because when you're in touch with the market and you've been showing and selling a lot of homes, generally speaking, you know the area well, you know the trends well, you know the supply and demand ratios quite well, and you're able to give really good advice Mm -hmm. to either a seller or a buyer. And right now, I mean, people are watching the market. They're kind of wondering what happens. And I think it's almost like a sport out in Greater Vancouver, people watching the real estate market. Oh, always has been now, hasn't it? Of course. Uh, But people don't always know the most recent ins and outs. They might be looking at statistics that are a little bit old, or they might be looking at sales that are a little bit old. Uh, And that's where Dave and I come in. Uh, Our motto, if you go to our website, savewithjohnanddave.com, you'll see that our motto is experience, savings, and results. Savings is only one of the part, uh, parts that we offer our clients. Mm-hmm. We've got a great deal of experience compared to your typical agent who might sell far fewer homes than Dave and I. We've sold over a thousand. We continue to be two of the top selling agents in Greater Vancouver, and that translates into good results for our clients. And that kind of experience, talking about good advice, uh, that kind of experience also uh, benefits the seller too, Dave, because with that kind of depth and background that you and John bring to every client, uh, it's because there's always a strategy involved. You just don't go put a sign out in the front lawn and hope for the best. You've got to have you got to have yourself and your your mission to sell this property a little more organized than just a sign on the grass out front, right? It's true, and that's where experience really comes into uh, play. Um, you know, every every transaction is different. Every seller is different. Uh, every seller has different requirements. Um, every property is different. And so really what you need to do is, as an agent, kind of put all those factors into the equation and try to make the suggestions that will work out best for your clients. Um, the reality is that um, you know some sellers will want to have a completion date a couple of months. Some sellers will want a six-month completion. Some sellers, uh, you know, will have a, a requirement that they need uh, you know particular terms on their their contract when they sell. The reality is that uh, a good agent should be able to use all their experience in order to help their clients get the results that they need. That's where John and I think uh, excel because uh, having sold well over a thousand properties between us. Um, we've probably seen, you know, been there and done that. We've kind of seen it all. Yeah, and if I can add to that, I mean, the experience level is is obviously very important, but I think sometimes, because Dave and I are at 1% Realty, sometimes we'll talk to people who will say, well, gee, you charge less, so does that mean that I'm going to get less? Or Uh maybe that maybe you're not as good an agent, and that's why you charge less, because you can't make it at some of these other companies? Right. I just want to maybe remind people that, you know, the commission that you charge does not necessarily reflect... Uh, the job that you're going to do or how experienced you are. So um, yes, Dave and I, uh, you know, we're at 1% Realty. We've made that decision to work at 1% Realty because we want to provide better value to sellers and it results in a better business model for us. So when you're choosing an agent, there's all kinds of things to consider, but experience is obviously uh, far more important uh, in an agent than uh, the name on the business card of the company or uh, what commission rate they might charge. Well, I'm looking at uh, your website, savewithjohnanddave.com, and there's a grid about halfway down the homepage uh, of, of the website that uh, that goes through the 1% realty commission schedule versus another cal- column called most other brokers, and column three is the important one, John, because it's the saving column. And and so your property, and the values range anywhere from $300,000 up to uh, $5 million. 
million dollars. And you, if you uh, sit down with an experienced agent, you know uh, you have a rough idea of the value of your property. So find it on this grid. Uh, see how much commission you would pay with 1% realty versus what the other brokers would typically charge. And the savings is in uh, bold italics. Uh, and it's, it's irrefutable, John. It's just money in your pocket. And that's it, period. That's right. Again, it's one of our key planks. We do offer great value. I think that Dave and I offer the best value in the real estate business. I we might I might be biased, uh, but uh, well, we one do, would expect nothing less. <laughs> of course, uh, but we do have hundreds of very happy past clients who can tell you that yeah, they got a good job. They had their house sold. They got good dollar for it, and they did save money on commission. That's one of our big planks. It's not our only thing that Dave and I offer. Right. But we do offer the full package of services and the experience that most other agents do, if not more. And yes, we do save people money. Go to savewithjohnanddave.com and check out the chart for yourself. Exactly. And and uh, there is no such thing as a cookie-cutter strategy either, is it? it it's not a one-size-fits-all. Oh, you want to sell your house? Oh, here's the format. Here's what you do. Every client and every situation, Dave, is unique and needs to be treated that way. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Uh, every seller is different. Every transaction is different. Every house is different. And so really, we're talking about... Uh, you know, situations where uh, there's all sorts of variables that go into play. And uh, we have to take all those things into account and make suggestions that work out best for our clients. Um, you know, and, and to, fo- to follow up on, you know, something that John was saying, just to kind of give an idea of how our commissions actually work. Okay. Um, you know, because I think a lot of folks might be listening out there thinking, well, I've never really heard about 1% realty, you know, or maybe I've heard some things about 1% realty, but maybe they're not. Uh, you know, entirely accurate. And especially if they're driving at this moment, they can't pull the website the, up this, in the car. This is it, right? So help so, us out here. So Dave. to kind of give down the, or uh, break down the, the basics for folks, um, what we do is we charge uh, a flat fee of $6,950 to sell anything under $600,000. Okay. And um, 1% of the sale price plus $950 to sell anything over $600,000. So how would that compare then? So for instance, uh, a $600,000 townhome in Coquitlam. Um, you know, our commission is going to be about 69 dollars right. um, There's no set commission rates out there, but what, what's really, really common among the industry is 7% on the first 100000 and 2.5% on the balance. Those are the numbers you hear frequently. Ish. Yeah. yeah. You know, again, it does vary, but 7% on the first 100000 on the balance is really typical. So, you know, to sell that six hundred thousand uh, dollar town home at seven and two and a half, you're looking at a total commission of around nineteen five, That's something right. like that. So compared to ours, around seven, you're looking about twelve to thirteen thousand dollars savings. And of course, the higher the sale price, the greater the savings. Um, and you know, to pick up on what John was saying, the the services that we provide for that are um, essentially identical to the services that folks would get from uh, most other brokerages out there, you know, from full MLS to advertising, uh, often in newspapers to digital photography, you name it, everything's included. Well, we'll get into more of the services and the opportunities that uh, partnering up with 1% Realty can provide to buyers and sellers in these busy real estate days of the summer of 2017 after the news on News Talk 980 CKNW. 
And welcome back to Vancouver Consumer this lovely Saturday afternoon. I'm Sterling Fox, joined in studio by the 1% Realty team of John Carlson and David Mater from, uh, well, 1% Realty and SaveWithJohnAndDave.com. That's the website, friends. And we were talking before the break, the news break with John and Dave about the commission schedule and how the, the 1% business model works, John. And it's, it's, it's I mean, it's the, the name of the company is the business model. It's 1% realty. It's pretty straightforward, isn't it? It is straightforward. It's value, it's savings, and it's professionalism uh, that we bring to clients. And I wanted to ask about other realtors as well, because Mm -hmm. we discussed, Dave, uh, the typically widely accepted commission rates that are rather popular of 7% on the first 100,000, 2.5% on the, on the balance, and so on. You charge a, a different commission schedule, and it's lower to the advantage of those involved. So what about other realtors? I mean, you're not you're, you're basically undercutting them. Uh, pardon my cynicism, but that's what it sounds like. So are they mad at you? Do they show their clients your stuff, or do they just leave you out in the cold? Sure. And that is by far the most frequently asked question that we get. Um, You know, lots of folks call us out and say, we'd love the idea of saving the commissions, but, um, you know, will other agents still show our properties? And the answer to that is absolutely. Uh, There's there's no question about it. You know, it's a, if if other agents weren't showing our properties, it would be pretty much impossible to stay in business. Oh, that makes sense. um, Because the MLS system relies on cooperation and cooperation between uh, listing agents and buyer's agents. And the reality is not only are we in business, but we're thriving and we've been in business. I think 1% Realty now has been around for almost 20 years. Right, right. Right, and um, you know, here's the thing. Um, Buyers are really in the driver's seat in the transaction. Buyers are the ones that determine uh, you know what properties they're ultimately going to view, okay. and ultimately what properties they're going to purchase. And you know the year is 2017; it's not 1987. Mm-hmm. And so buyers have pretty much as much access to information as as their agents do as to what's out there, sure. right? MLS and Realtor.ca and all the other websites, and then virtual tours and dollhouse tours and everything. Mm-hmm. Bottom line is, if somebody is looking for a property. Uh, like yours in the geographical area yours is listed they're going to see it advertised because it's advertised everywhere they're looking and you know before they go buy the neighbors down the street listed by another brokerage um, they're going to want to come and see yours if it's listed by one percent realty or anybody else because they they, want to buy the property that best suits their needs uh, regardless of how much commission it pays their agent i mean this is what you would do and this is what i would do right you want to see all your options the reality is if that property listed by one percent realty best suits their needs and their budget and their location requirements all that stuff they're probably going to make an offer on that property and you know if the other property down the street listed by the other brokerage best suits the needs they're going to make an offer on that property but the amount of commission involved usually doesn't play any role in the transaction at all. I mean, again, uh, you know, anybody listening, if they just ask themselves, would I buy a property based on how much commission is being offered to my agent? I think everybody knows the answer. The answer is no. Probably not. Yeah, no, probably I, I, not. There are other priorities, John. Absolutely. Commissions do not sell homes. Right. Properties will sell themselves if they're marketed properly. Now, a good agent can help that process along right. and make sure things are positioned right. And especially when offers come in, a good agent may know how to you know, stick handle these offers, especially a multiple offer situation, et cetera. But again, it's not the commission. Now, there's no shortage of people out there who will say, because I've heard this so many times, well, gee, if you don't offer much commission, 
and the other agents won't support you, or right, you right. won't get the show. And that's why I had to ask the question. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So we hear this all the time. But all again, right. Dave hit it right on the head. Think of yourself as a buyer. You're looking for a property. Do you care what sign is on the front yard? Do you care what the commission is to your agent? Not really. You mentioned the word undercutting, and that's a bit of a harsh word, but but that but that's okay because when I well, think people of, say th- words like that when well, when they're serious about their money and there's a lot of it on the table. Absolutely, and and I'm not criticizing it. In fact. I think that if in any industry, any professional can price themselves right out of a job, and I think based on what I hear out there from the consumer, people saying, hey, gee, I sold my house and I spent $25,000 on commission. I spent $30,000 on commission. People are saying, why did we do that? Why did we have to do that? Do we have to do that? Well, Dave and I are here to tell you that no, you do not have to do that. Right. Buyers don't really care. The other thing that's interesting is the agency relationship between a buyer and a buyer's agent says that that agent has a duty to show them properties. And I'm happy to say that the real estate agents in our area, they're ethical. We understand that when we take on a client, we represent the interests of that client as if they were our own. Right. So to, to suggest that a real estate agent might not show a property based on commission would suggest that the commission's the number one concern of the agent, and at best, the uh, interests of the client are second best or, or second most important. And that's just not the way real estate works. So if people are thinking about selling their properties and they're saying, hey, maybe I want to give John and Dave a, a call to see what these guys can do, just remember that it's not the commission that sells a property. It's the property being properly marketed, properly represented. And uh, will other agents show? Statistics show that our listings are sold. The vast majority of our listings are sold by other agents, and our clients save money compared to the vast majority of agents out there. And if you were thinking, by the way, of giving John or Dave a call, the number is 604-265-8280. Again, that's 604-265-8280. And if you didn't have a chance to jot it down, let me just give you the website, which is savewithjohnanddave.com. And all the contact information, you can request a, a market evaluation, you can request an appointment. The phone number is there as well. And there's also this very short paragraph. The primary reason typical commission rates have remained the same is because so many sellers have agreed to pay those rates. You might have paid those rates as well, but why pay more than you have to? This is a direct quote from SaveWithJohnAndDave.com, and it's right beside that grid, Dave, that you and I were talking about a few moments ago that you used to show quite uh, starkly the difference in commission rates between the 1% realty model and most other brokers. Significant savings in every category, whether it's 300000 or $5 million. Yeah, th- that's absolutely right. And, you know, to pick up on what that paragraph says, right, um, commission rates, uh, typical commission rates, I should say, that seven and two and a half right. um, has, has remained typical because people just continue to agree to pay it. And often it's because they think they simply don't have a choice. Right. One of the reasons we're on the air is to let folks know that they, in fact, do have a choice. Well, you know, John was saying, you know, and, and, and you're talking about a successful deal in which somebody pays twenty five or $30,000 sure. commission. That's not a prize. That's not an award. That's a lot of money is what it is. Well, I mean, instead of putting a boat in somebody else's driveway, why don't you put the boat in your own driveway? Well right? Take, well take the money that you're going to save and buy a boat or a car or something, right? Um, I mean, here, here's the thing, right? I mean, consumers have the power, really, to determine how much they're going to pay. You know, uh, you know, we've used this analogy before when we've talked about this, but most folks don't go and buy the first flight. They shop around for their flights, so most folks don't go buy first the, te- the first television that they see. They, they go and shop around for we the sure one that b- offers bet. the best value. 
But I think quite often the mentality when you're searching for an agent is, well, we got no choice. I guess we ought to pay seven and two and a half. But the thing is, is that just like you have a choice in the car that you buy or a choice in the airfare that you you pay, you have a choice in the amount of commission that you pay. Mm-hmm. And the reality is if, if more buyers simply made the, or sorry, more, more sellers, more consumers made the choice to, to search out for more value uh, when, they're lo- uh, when they're looking for an agent, then the rates would adjust accordingly. They would have to because the industry has to adjust to the consumer's requirements. And John, that's a big part of why you and Dave are here uh, as frequently as you are is because, simply put, a lot of people still don't know that they have that choice. They don't know about the 1% realty option. True. A lot of people don't know. We're here to educate people, and some people are skeptical, and they've heard things from other people, other agents maybe, that uh, would suggest maybe 1% really doesn't work. And you're right. That's one of the big reasons, probably the biggest reason that we're here to let people know that they have a choice. We don't have any issue with other agents charging what they charge. Of course. I mean, this is a free uh, business, uh, and there's nothing unethical about charging 7% and 2.5%. Uh, you can do a great business. But the, the facts of the matter are that there are a lot of realtors out there. There's never enough business to go around. And we think there's an awful lot of room to be more competitive, to give full service, and still save people significant amounts of money compared to what most of our competitors charge. Yeah, and, and you know, to pick up on what John was saying, something that I always kind of like to uh, run by um, a seller when they're considering using us, you know, is, is 1% realty gonna work and so on. Um, you know, here's a hypothetical, right? So say, for instance, what would happen uh, if tomorrow everybody who was thinking about listing their property in the next few few weeks or few months um, decided, you know what, we don't want to pay seven and two and a half or something like that. Right. Instead, they just decided to go ahead and list with 1% realty or a brokerage like ours charging a commission similar to ours. Right. What would happen? All of a sudden, would all like all of a sudden the market come screeching to a halt? I mean, no sellers would sell properties, and no buyers would want to buy properties anymore. We know intuitively that wouldn't happen. Absolutely, if everybody decided to list with one percent realty or a brokerage like ours. Um, all that would happen, buyers would continue wanting to buy properties for the same reasons they always want to buy properties. Sellers would continue wanting to sell properties for the same reasons they always want to sell properties. The difference is is that buyers and sellers would come together, they would do deals, but sellers at the end of the day would have a smaller bill to pay. Yes. And that's it, right? And of course, that's a hypothetical because that's not never going to happen. But it could possibly change the dynamic of the marketplace if enough people go, well, wait a second, I, I don't need to pay that, right? Other other brokers are then going to take a look at their, their charge, the fees they're charging and maybe have a look at uh, reducing them too. Well, well, that's exactly right. The, the point of the hypothetical is kind of like a little thought experiment. And that is just to illustrate the fact that consumers have that option, right? right. They, if they, everybody en masse just chose to pay less, then all that would happen is the, the market market would continue humming along, but rates would adjust. Right. And, and accordingly, agents would adjust. That's it. Yeah, pretty simple stuff. John, uh, uh, talking about adjustments and the fluidity of the marketplace, and this is Vancouver, and it's, it's been fluid for a few years, not about to stop anytime soon. How important, you were talking about uh, the strategy involved and, and, and the right price. How important is placing that right price on the property from day one? Because you see properties, you know, they come off the market and they get relisted at a lower price. That seems to be a a delaying tactic to the disadvantage of the seller. So how important is it to get it right the first time? 
Strategy is important, absolutely. Uh, getting it right the first time, I think, is absolutely important. Every property is different, and each seller could be different in terms of what their goals are. I mean, we may have people that if they don't sell in 30 days, they're in a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. They might lose the property, or they might lose control of the property they have. That strategy might be a little bit different from someone that says, you know, if I can get top dollar for this place and I'm prepared to wait, then you know, I'm pre- then I'll, I'll put it on the market. So again, it, a whole lot of factors go into it, but... Uh, even in hot markets, buyers are comparison shoppers. Oh, absolutely. And when you buy a house, I mean, no house is right for everybody, so you're never going to sell to everybody, but you don't need to sell to everybody. You only need to sell to one person. So identify what you bring to the market, identify what your likely buyer might be and what those other options that that buyer has or what similar buyers have been paying recently and then come up with your own little strategy in terms of how aggressive do you want to be with price. It sounds counterintuitive, and you know I say this to a lot of clients and they end up understanding when the process is over that if you put a more reasonable price on a property in certain segments that are in high demand, mm-hmm. your chances of getting higher sale price are actually better than had you listed it higher from the beginning. And scared so, people away. Yeah, or, or, or not generated as much interest True. as you could have. Okay. So, you know, each, it's an individual basis. I, I can't give any general ideas about what strategy is best over the radio, but when we sit down and talk to people and we assess the situation, we look at the property, we see what the seller's goals are, we provide uh, some suggestions about the, the right kind of strategies, and the right strategy can also put a lot of money in your pocket. Dave, if you had a market evaluation, say, in uh, March or February or something like that, because at that time, earlier this year, you were thinking of selling, and then you had a change of plans, and now you're back thinking of selling again. Should you get that uh, price that we, you, you took, uh, or you were assigned back in February or March, toss it out and get a fresh market evaluation if you're going to go forward from today? I think so. Uh, generally, if you're going to be selling a property, you want to have a fresh evaluation done, you know, within the last few days, okay. or a week or two. That's important um, too. In, isn't in, it? in particular, in this marketplace yeah. that we're in, right? right? Um, there's plenty of examples of properties selling, for instance, and I, I mean, I can think of a number off the top of my head where, um, you know, a townhouse complex in Park Coquitlam uh, properties were selling for, you know, four hundred thousand in March and now they're selling for 480 uh, and that's mm-hmm. just a few months later. So absolutely you want to get fresh numbers always. And, and, you know, John and I are always happy to come out and do that evaluation for you. Um, anybody who's thinking about an evaluation, just feel free to give us a call. Almost out of time. John, you had a new listing you wanted to squeeze in here and tell us about before we had to let you go. Oh, okay. I'll be quick then. I've got a new listing in Twin Cedars and the address is number six, 2719 St. Michael Street. This is a bare land strata. So okay. it's not a townhouse. Right, it's yeah. not a detached house. It's got a very small maintenance fee of $55 a month for the common property, but it's your own house, your own roof. Uh, it's got its own fence backyard. It's got a carport plus two more spots. It's listed at five ninety nine nine. It's going to be very hot. We're going to do an open house next weekend, and uh, it's two bedrooms up with one down. They've even got a little rental unit in the bottom, bringing in you know some mortgage helpers. Mm, so right. this is going to be a real hot one. Give us a call on that. Okay, and the number is six zero four two six five eight two eight zero. And is this uh, information also available on the website at savewithjohnanddave.com? Not yet, but it will be within a couple of days. But you can drop us an email. Okay, excellent. And that number again, friends six zero four. 265-8280. And that's how you can get in touch with our guys, David Mater and John Carls from, from 1% Realty. Guys, we're fresh out of time. Thanks for yours this beautiful Saturday afternoon. Back to work now, both of you. Thank you, Stuart. Thanks, sir. We're back after this. And once again, our thanks to John Carlson and David Mater for another informative real estate update and visit. They'll be back in a couple of weeks with lots of new information. Time now for the Steel Report. And today, Linda looks at a new team sports app for parents. 
I'm Linda Steele, and this is your Steele Report. Parents trying to get their kids to take part in more sports are going to love this new app. Team Snap is a sports team management app that makes communication and organization easy. Chief Growth Officer Ken McDonald says the app not only makes parents' lives easier, but coaches' lives too. The original idea of the, the app goes back to really taking away the amount of time you've got to um, spend on logistics and allowing coaches to spend more time working with the, the kids, which is why they signed up to coach. They didn't sign up to manage logistics. McDonald says there are many upsides to youth sports organizations. 75% said that they thought it improved uh, teamwork and interpersonal skills. And um, a very similar percentage said that it improved their kids' communication skills. No more wondering when or where you have to drop your kids off or wondering what day of the week you're on Orange Slice duty. The app has it all figured out for you. I'm Linda Steele, and that's your Steele Report. Thank you, Linda. Steele and Drex, weekdays 2 to 6 on News Talk 980 CKNW. Okay, a couple more consumer quickies before we have to go. If you want to plan a getaway that doesn't break the bank, aim for a late summer flight on August 22nd. It's the date most airlines go to to signal the start of the cheaper fall season, according to the folks at Fair Compare. Since some kids are already back in school by that time, the demand for vacation travel starts to drop, and when that happens, fares drop too. But the airline industry watcher is quick to point out that specific the specific date of August 22nd varies year to year. It really depends on kids' school schedules. August fares in general are 7% less expensive than July, according to Cheap Air and Condé Nast Traveler. Midweek travel during the summer will save you the most. If you can avoid Sundays and take off on a Tuesday or a Wednesday, you'll save an average of just over 60 bucks, according to Cheap Air. Another thing about that magical date of August 22nd is that, only for domestic travel, some airlines start dropping rates a few days before or after the 22nd. And late summer travel, of course, has its advantages. Good weather still, uh, shorter summer lines, and, uh, well, security could be a little less difficult at the airport. Okay, maybe that part is wishful thinking on mine. And here's a story I hadn't expected to write up so quickly, but shouldn't be too surprised about, because we're talking Las Vegas, among other destinations. The governor of Nevada had to declare a state of emergency this week after stores that sell recreational marijuana reported their supplies are running out less than two weeks after pot went on sale legally in the Silver State. The declaration of a state of emergency, oh no, Martha, we're out of weed, will allow lawmakers in Nevada to decide on new rules to ease the shortage. Apparently, a big part of the problem is a lack of distribution outlets. Liquor stores had applied to become pot merchants as well, but most didn't meet the requirements. So, in addition to diminishing supply, there just aren't many locations to buy pot in the first place. Dispensaries, which used to just sell medical marijuana are now able to sell to recreational buyers as well, but there just isn't enough supply to meet the demand. Why? Well, as you might guess, it's a one-word answer. Tourists. Since pot became legally available in Nevada two weeks ago, tourists have been snapping up anything and everything smokable, and the supply is way, way down. 
Interestingly, Nevada's Department of Taxation has rung in on this matter on the side of the marijuana industry, saying businesses have invested heavily in infrastructure and staffing in preparation for this change, and now thousands of jobs are on the line if they can't straighten out the distribution problem. Perhaps yet another lesson here for Canada as we prepare for legalized sales a year from now. Those are some of the stories we're following this week. We'll uh, have uh, some more for you on our next program. Vancouver Consumer returns next Saturday at its new time of 2 p.m. Thanks to producer Ben Dooley and also Matt Hyland, I'm Sterling Fox with you on News Talk 980 CKNW. Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980 CKNW. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.